What is up, Intuitive Sheepdogs? Welcome to another podcast episode of the Intuitive Sheepdog Podcast with your host, me, Autumn Schmidt. As always, I'm really happy to be here. Shout out to our podcast sponsor at The Badge Life. Check them out. You can check them out on Instagram or thebadgelife.com. Uh, excellent Leo owned um, apparel line. It's a very cool company. I definitely have some swag myself, so go make sure you check them out. Today, what we're going to be talking about, we're going to talk about a lot of things, but hypervigilance is uh, one of the big things. So hypervigilance. I made a post. If you're not yet following me on Instagram, go check me out at the intuitive sheep, or it's at intuitive sheepdog. There's no the. Uh, And go check out my latest post. I made a post that essentially has gotten, it's gotten the most saves and the most shares I've ever had on a post. Uh, it's extremely beneficial, extremely helpful to, uh, police officers and their wives and police officer families. It is extremely helpful. It's extremely important. What I did is I talked about the hypervigilance pattern of police officers. I talked about how when we are on duty, our hypervigilance, meaning um, how aware we are, what what state our senses are in, um, I showed that in in a image, and it's extremely high. Okay, then I taught I showed you a baseline of like normal person, um, and like where you should be for normal person, and then what I did is I showed you the dip of when you go off, when you go, um, and when you go, uh, I'm trying to get off duty. And so the thing is, is that it's an, it's a very big dip. And, and what people don't understand, they, they don't understand the, what that looks like in police officers. They don't understand the effects of that. They don't understand what it does to an officer and an officer really doesn't understand what it's doing to themselves. They're just experiencing it. They're just on this roller coaster, but they also see their coworkers and everybody else around them that, that are on this roller coaster. And so they don't really do anything. Yeah. They go to the gym, they work out great. And, and I'm not shitting on that. I think that's fantastic, but it can't be the only thing that you do. Because if that's the, if that just takes care of you physically, a little bit emotionally, a little bit mentally, but nothing spiritually, and it's not helping you to get off that roller coaster ride. You need to be setting up. You need to have tools in your toolbox. You need to have set your own, um, create like your own patterns, create your own routines, like with your family, with your spouse, or even just with yourself. That's going to help you to get off of that roller coaster. It's vital you know, so what does that look like? Well, it looks like this. So, you know, you're going to be hypervigilant at work. You can't stop that. That's how you, that is how you stay alive. Okay. So we can't stop that. We can't stop your head being on a swivel. We can't stop you, you know, constantly scanning rooms, scanning for threats, you know, preparing how you're going to kill somebody every single time you meet them, how you're going to disarm them, what you're going to do. You're, you know, you, you're not going to stop doing that. That's, that's important. And we know that, but what you can do in what you, when you come is when you come home, when you go off shift. So instead of immediately going home and going like, and chilling, what you need to do is get off shift and go do something that you enjoy. Now, I know a lot of you listening to this podcast is I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to go work out or that's something you already do. But if you're somebody like me who I love movement, I love exercise, I don't love the gym. I don't, okay? 
I just don't ever have lifting things up and putting them down. And it's so repetitive to me. It's very mind numbing. I just, I'm, I have to be very stimulated. CrossFit is much more stimulating to me, but I can't do that now because of my back injury. Um, or I do a very modified version of it. Um, and so you got to find things that you can do that will make you and your like mind happy. Because in my opinion, what I have found to be the trick here is to stimulate your mind, but not overstimulate it. It's when you come off shift and you just numb it, you just go way, way down. So while you need that decompression time, you, you couple that with doing something that makes you feel like a human again, and you are going to be a lot better off. You're going to be in a great mood. You are going to, you know, you're setting your um, downtime and your off time up for success for, you know, you're going to be, um, you're going to have a lot more patience. You're going to, you know, it's going to be a lot more easier for you to interact with people when you're off duty. And then you're, you're not going to have to go and hit that all time low. You have to understand that the, the polarity though of the hypervigilance, you know, scale is, you know, what goes up must come down, right? So polarity are extreme opposites, North Pole, South Pole. So you have to give yourself that time to decompress. You have to understand you are automatically going to feel that low, but the trick is not to stay there. And the trick is to be prepared for it. And it's not like, okay, we're going to prepare. We're going to, I'm going to do all these things. It's like, no, it's, it's this fucking simple. Okay. When I get off work, when I know I'm going in that low, I'm going to go to a yoga class. I'm going to take a spin class. I'm going to go to a CrossFit class. I'm going to, I've got this hobby. I love to do like pickup sports. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to a college course. I'm going to go to, you know, a personal development course. I'm going to make sure when I get off duty, uh, my passion is to cook. I'm going to cook a nice meal for either myself or my family. Like I'm going to dive into that and it has to be something that's going to take, you know, a significant amount of time. Um, I'm going to clean my house. Like that is what I do. You know, something along those lines, whatever makes you feel human uh, is what you want to be doing. And it's extremely important for you. Okay. It's very important. It's very important for the hypervigilance scale. Um, so that you can bounce back. I think also what's important is to let your spouse, specifically your spouse or anybody that you're living with know about this, because this is going to change you. If you are not yet into law enforcement, or if you are new into law enforcement, this is going to change you because you've never faced, unless you're in the military, you have never faced extreme hypervigilance. And then the low, you've never faced that. And the, here's what we're finding, or here's what I'm finding uh, by running the intuitive sheepdog club, which is essentially, it's a peer support place for police officers and, um, all sheepdogs, as well as it's a, it, there's a program. So every week you get content, um, created by me. And here's what we're finding when P when officers and sheepdogs, when they're coming into that program, they are anxiety. They're inundated by anxiety, like just almost crippling or some of it is crippling. Um, they're having an inability to sleep. They're having an inability to relate to their spouses. Um, they're finding themselves angry and frustrated all the time. This is a side effect of the job. It's a side effect of the hypervigilance. It's a, it's a side effect of the bullshit that we go through and we face uh, as first responders, as sheepdogs. The, the biggest thing you need to know is if you're feeling any of this, you're not alone. Uh, everybody feels it. The most squared away officers I have ever met in my life 
are, they, not all of them, but I will say 95% of them are really fucked up at home because what they've done is they've made the job their lives and they have no balance and they can't, there is no, you know, their downtime and they don't want to feel that downtime because that's really bad for them because they go into a really deep, low place. So they've just completely like put their heads in like into the job. A lot of them exercise for the job. Like they're doing it and they're saying, well, I got to be in the best shape for this job. A, A minor tweak to that was you should be in the best shape for you to keep you healthy so you can outlive your career in this job, right? Like just minor tweaks, but it's the stories that they're telling themselves over and over and over again in their heads and their mind, you know, their thoughts and their mindsets is what's keeping them in these, in you know, in these positions and keeping them stuck. Okay. So it's important to, you know, I think that it's important to talk about. I think it's important that we, you know, bring this to your attention. And I think that it's important that you, um, you know it. You know, when I first started law enforcement or hell, even when I got out, like when I got injured, I wish somebody would have talked to me about it. Now, listen, I absolutely know Dr. Kevin Gilmartin's book. We've all read it, but it, but there is something to say about somebody who's actually going through it and actually can talk to you and actually there with you, which is why I created the sheepdog club. That's, you know, there's something to say about that. There's something to say about somebody like me giving, you know, you this information via my podcast, being in your ears, letting you know that this shit happens. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have that. I had officers being funny on social media, but that wasn't, I couldn't relate to that. So I'm not like, I am a funny person, but when I was doing, you know, when I'm on the job, I'm on the job. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good to people. I've played basketball with kids numerous times. I've read storybooks. I've done all that shit. I've done tip a cop one time because my chief asked me to. You know, like I've done that shit, but like I was doing the work. Like I was, you know, I was a street cop. Interdiction was my thing and I loved it. And that's what I did. Um, I stopped cars. <laughs> that was what I did. And so I didn't have a ton of time to do all this other stuff. And so to, to be able to listen, to have somebody to be like, Hey, just so you know, all that shit that you're feeling, I'm feeling like I'm feeling it. I have felt it. There's tons of officers around that are feeling it. Here's a group of them. Come and talk with them. That would have been, that would have been huge for me. And so I just want to be able to give that to you. Um, another thing that I want to talk to you about is the crippling anxiety. So this is something that I am no stranger to. Um, I have, you know, I got my own diagnosis of an anxiety disorder. I I think every fucking cop has this, whether you've been diagnosed or not. And and here's what I think it is. And there's going to be all these studies and statistics and everybody's got a different opinion. I'm going to tell you mine. So my opinion is this, is when we're on hypervigilance, we do not have time for anxiety. We do not have time to feel our emotions. We do not have time to feel how we feel. We don't, we just don't because, you know, the only emotion that we are allowed to feel is like our gut being like, don't do that. Do that. That's not right. Threat, threat, bad, bad. Right. <clears throat> That's the emotion that we're feeling. I.e., hypervigilance. Why your way up there. Okay. But when you go and you're on the job, any, whether it doesn't matter what kind of first responder and doesn't matter if you're a dispatcher or a correctional officer, all of us are in here in the military. Like if you're a sheepdog, you're in this category. Okay. And sometimes wives too, depending on how, um, you know, 
how intricate, you know, your sheepdog gets with you and tells you information, like you can definitely feel traumatized as well. So, but the thing is, is we're facing trauma. We're facing all of this shit all the time, all the time. Like we're dealing with things. Okay. Like, like a typical day for me would have been DV, DV, crash, OUI, you know, um, out of control person, um, heroin overdose, you know, that that's very typical. Those are very typical calls for me, suicidal subject. And unless you are a police officer and unless you've experienced those kinds of calls, you have no idea what those can do. And I can tell you that as a police officer, what happens is when you've gone to, when you've gone to so many, or you've gone to even just a few, you base all of your calls off of that, the worst call you've ever been to. So like one of the first domestic violence calls that I had gone to was I, um, went to a call. It was a, I was two minutes away and I, it was fucking brand new. Hadn't gone to the Academy yet. And it was a male had a shotgun up to a female's head and motherfucker. Okay. Like you want to talk about hypervigilance? You want to talk about tunnel vision? I was there. Well, my tunnel vision was actually pretty good. Uh, I, and I'm going to say that had a lot to do with my martial arts training, but I, I, my hypervigilance was through the roof and I was there and my, and thank God my, my very experienced FTO was there. <laughs> uh, he, he just showed up like he had signed off on me like two days prior. And so you know how that is. Like, even though you signed off on a rook, you're still going to follow him. So that they did that. And, but anyways, ever since then, that was very traumatic for me. Nobody ever talked to me about it. Nobody debriefed me about it. Nobody went over the call with me about it. You know, I w- was very traumatized from that. Okay. Because I didn't expect that. I had no idea. I really didn't like, yeah, we know DVs can go bad, but like that was bad fast. And like, I'm telling you, like we could have been taking, you know, shots and all that. But what I'm saying is from there, I I wasn't able to feel those emotions. Like I wasn't able to process the emotions, process the anxiety, process everything that went into that call. No, I shoved it down and kept going and kept going, kept going at no point in time did I ever process it. So what happens is anxiety and depression they peak up because those are your emotions. You are a human and you need to feel them. So you have got to process them. That is why meditation is huge. Why? I know I get very spiritual on you guys and I am a very spiritual person, but I'm going to tell you why. Because in spirituality, it's all about your body, your inner being, your soul, your gut, however you want to say it, like your truth, who you really are needs to come out. Because that's how you're designed. You're designed with that to come out and to speak and to show itself. And when you do that and you can authentically express yourself, just like all children do right out of the womb, they are so fucking authentic. They tell you what they want. They tell you what they like. They very clearly tell you what they don't like and what they don't want. They are just who they are. They do not care. Okay. That the children, young children who have not been yet, you know, um, they have not been exposed to like the social bullshit and norms and whatever. They're our best teachers. And anyways, so that is how we're supposed to be operating. When you suppress and shove down who you are, meaning how you feel and your emotions and and the experiences that you've experienced, when you shove those down over time, you guys, what you have to understand, it doesn't go anywhere. That doesn't just fucking disappear. That does not disappear. Okay. It, it, 
it manifests in so many different ways. And this is what people just, I don't, I don't know why old school policing, which is still very much the way that we're doing things now. I can't understand this. When we've seen that people who retire drop within the fucking five years after retirement, when currently the International Chiefs of Police Association left out, let out a statistics that said that if you do this job in law enforcement full time, you, you take off average 20.9, so 21 years of your life by doing this job. Why? Stress. Why? Why? You know, there's other jobs that are so stressful. Well, but in this job, you can't process anything that you're doing. You're not allowed to show emotions, period, anytime, anywhere, or especially around your coworkers, because they're going to look at you like, quote unquote, you're weak. Okay. But I have to tell you something. That is why you need to be meditating because when you are quiet, you're creating space for those emotions, for those thoughts to come out. That is why you need to be journaling, writing in a notebook, writing your thoughts down. That was a, that was a tool that I, I brought into my police car. If you came into my police car at any given time when I was working full time, I had crystals in my bag. I had a journal. Um, I would have spray sage. Um, I always, and I always had stuff for my stomach because I was always stressed out and my stomach always hurt me. <laughs> so that's really not like this helpful part, but it's the truth. Like that was always what was in my duty bag. We all have our stuff, right? Um, always carried a crystal in my pocket and always carried an Archangel Michael, i.e. St. Michael um, coin pendant, always would pray and ask him to protect my cruiser and literally his wings to surround me and my cruiser everywhere I went. I felt his protection all the time. Very, you know, it's you know, and I thanked him for, you know, thanked him for, um, protecting me ahead of time. Um, so if you learn anything from me, then when you come into the intuitive sheep dog club, you're going to learn about how to ask, which is actually thanking. Um, so anyways, um, very important. So meditation big, but the bigger thing that the underlying fact here, okay, is this. You need to process your emotions. You need to understand that you are not a robot. You need to understand that you are supposed to feel all the emotions. If for some reason you get on a call and you get really shook up, it's okay. What's wrong with that? Oh, what? Oh, what? You just fucking, you, you just held a baby as it died and you're not supposed to fucking cry? Are you kidding me? You just had to go fucking tell a mom that her husband is not coming home ever and you're not supposed to feel anything? right? You just experienced a crash or they almost had a near, like a near death experience and you're not supposed to feel anything. And, and here's the thing, even the calls that don't seem that bad can be that bad for you. I can tell you that any of my calls, like I've had traumatic calls, but I can tell you that probably a lot of you smoke me with like, you know, especially inner city guys, you know, you, you smoke me with your hot calls. Okay. But I can tell you that in my seven years that I was policing full time, that I experienced a lot of shit that was traumatic to me and I never talked about it and nobody ever gave a fuck about how I felt. It was, we had a quadruple murder and then suicide. It was a dad killed his wife and his three children, young fucking children. Okay. And watched, made his wife watch the whole thing and then kill himself and he actually shot one of his children twice because the first shot didn't kill him. And he used a shotgun just, just to give you an idea. Okay. So this is reality. 
And I know I did not go to this call. Two officers, they were the ones they did a well-being call, um, a welfare check. They go in, they see all this, they're devastated. But what about everybody else? Okay, because then I was seen security. So when I got, when everything was, I was working patrol and then when it, and then when the scene got shut down, like and the bodies got taken out, I had to secure the scene. And then I had to deal with, I had to deal with the community and these kids. And, and then I had to go and deal, do like, I did this like community policing, like pizza with a cop thing. And we colored and we did all this stuff and we talked and it was a really good thing for the kids because they were able to process some stuff and come up to me and ask me a lot of questions. Here's the problem with that. Nobody ever fucking was there for me. Nobody ever talked with me to help me process my emotions. Nobody. And so here I am still to this day and I get really fucking shook up over it because those are unprocessed emotions. Like I'm better now. Like I'm way better now, especially now that I'm talking to you about it. Like I'm way better. But I'm just giving you an example. While I wasn't the officer, the responding officer who, you know, who dealt with that and who saw that, I am somebody who is very, um, you know, affected by what I dealt with. Okay. So that I'm very positive is something that you've experienced and are experiencing. And I'm also very positive that your police department and your coworkers aren't talking to you about the shit. And so it is very easy for you to feel like, oh my God, I am so weird. I am not right. I'm not normal. That's incorrect. The truth is you're very normal and that it is normal to feel these things. And I've given you some really good tools today to talk about your hypervigilance and how to handle it and what you need to be doing. Peer support is huge. And I hate, I hated that term up until I really started to understand what it is. And <laughs> then I went and created my own group called the Intuitive Sheepdog Club. It is peers and they're supporting each other, but it's not, it's not like wimpy, hold your hand kind of thing. It's they're there whenever you need them. I'm there. You have content to teach you how to open your mind to, um, you know, expand your intuition, expand your spirituality, how to, you know, flip your mindset and your perspective and to help you, um, cope with what the job has to offer. Yeah. There's a lot of that in there. Um, and that's what we do, but then we're also, we have that peer support side and I'm going to tell you right now it's life-changing, absolutely life-changing. So, that's what I have for you today. If you want to come into the Intuitive Sheepdog Club, uh, message me, email me, autumn at autumnclifford.com, um, or you can message me on Instagram, and I will save you a spot. We'll get you in. It's a 30, free 30-day money-back guarantee, right? So what that means is if you sign up and within 30 days you hate it, you can get your money back um, completely refunded to you. It's worth it. This, this is worth it, this program very cutting edge. It's revolutionary. It's going to change a lot of lives. If you guys have questions, let me know. Thank you for being here. I'll see you next time.